You're riding on the Denial Bus with Patty Crouch and Holly Gates. Okay, this is just me, Patty, sitting on the couch in my barn in front of my mic and just thinking and talking and more than likely going to be crying with you guys. So just for document history's sake, it is June 3rd. 2020, we are in the middle of a pandemic, and we are in the middle of, I don't even know what to call it. I feel like it's the next Rosa Parks civil rights movement, honestly. So many deaths of black individuals have happened, or you know what, that we've been aware of, I should say in the last two weeks have come to rise. And one of the last ones was of joy of George Lloyd Floyd. Sorry, George Floyd, who was killed by a police officer by kneeling on his neck for eight minutes and 48 seconds. And once before that, was of a man jogging, like just ridiculous what's happening right now. And people are standing up and people are fed up. And so they're protesting, which is amazing because we all need to be come together to stop this racist injustice that happened and how it is in our system and make change. But, of course, that also leads to people taking advantage of the protesting and looting and rioting and just not being safe and making wise choices. I, my mother came out, not making wise choices. So, yeah, I didn't put an episode out last week because I didn't feel like it was right. I mean, the story is amazing and you'll hear it. Next week, or the week after that. But it just didn't seem appropriate, you know? And I also felt like I shouldn't, I needed to say something. I shouldn't stay silent. And I'm not. I'm, there's, there's just so many emotions on this. I'm not silent on it. And yet I'm not going to post on social media because that's just not who I am. I'm not someone who posts a lot on social media. I mean, I haven't posted for the Denial podcast in like two months. And that's supposed to be good for it and like help me get more listeners and whatnot. I'm just not good at it. I'm a stalker of Facebook. I'm a, you know, peruser of Instagram. I'm a pinner of Pinterest. I don't even know what Tiki Talk Talk stuff is and Twitter I haven't gotten into, although I do have an account. I created an account, made one tweet, and haven't done anything else. So it's just not who I am. And a part of me is okay. I mean, I'm okay with that. But then I see people go, if you're silent, then you're not doing anything. I'm like, well, you know, you don't know me, so don't judge me. Um, it hit me, though. So I'll get more into that right now. So someone posted on social media about how 
if you didn't post something about what's happening right now and you were silent, then they were going to take that as you not wanting to act on behalf of the black indigenous people of color, right? And I, I get that. Silence is just as bad as saying the injustice. Like if you see, you see an injustice happening and you don't speak up, then you're just as bad at letting it happen than the person who did it. So I get that. But it irked me because I'm sitting here going, I'm not on social media. This is not my platform. If I had 90,000 followers, and of course it would be my platform and I should say something, but this, I'm not. And yet the people who know me who are in my life would know that I'm not, would know that I'm raising three kids to fight against the injustices of the world, not just with people of color, but with loving everyone regardless of ability, race, identity, anything, you know? So it irks me. But when something irks me like that, I have to stop and think, is it because it's true? Because one of the things I learned early on in my like personal development growth chapter journey timeline is that when something, when you get mad at something, it's usually a red flag that part of it is true. And you should look at yourself and see it, you know? And part of it was true, is that I am a little bit silent on the matter of race. I tend to keep it within my family and those around me, like immediately around me, and not change things that I have a voice to be able to change. As a mother of three black children, I have a bigger say than just being a white-looking person. Which is a weird, that's another thing we'll talk about. It's a weird space to be in. Anyway, so, yeah. So I realized that I need to do more. Like, I need to educate myself more. Um, I didn't realize how racist I was until I had black children because in my head I did say the thing of, like, I have black friends and I love them because they're them, not because of anything else, and I don't. I didn't think that I was racist because of certain things. And then I'm realizing how much is ingrained in our society and how much is ingrained in our systems and how much is ingrained in certain things. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess to a certain part I am fighting that. I need to fight that stuff and whatnot. Um, so I need to learn more. I need to stand up more, not on social media because that's not my platform. And if it's yours, great. And if you feel comfortable doing that, great. It's just not me I'm not a poster I don't post things I like things and that's it I'm not an activist I'm a likeivist I'll like what you're doing but I won't necessarily <laughs> go do it anyways um so anyways so I that I do need to do more so I'm in a weird spot too because um One of the deaths hit me really hard because it was Ahmad just like jogging. And I just thought that that could be Jackson. Just in a store, not understanding. Does something, getting too close to someone, picking up something that was already someone else's and not understanding it's not his. 
and something happening from an innocent little thing. And then he's gone because he's black. Because all he did was get up and go for a jog. Um, granted, other things came to light. My mom had talking about that. Like at that moment, that's what it was. And then Floyd happened, and I'm like, what? Like, what? Like, if Jackson encountered the police, which we already did once, luckily it was on Chris and I and not him, but if he encounters the police and the police don't know that he has a disability, he's going to come across totally wrong. And that scares me. I mean, that's the whole reason why I'm willing to spend money on a service dog. So that my son doesn't get shot. Because who would shoot a person with a service dog? Like, you know something is not right there. You would approach them differently knowing that something is not right. Yeah. It's a lot. And I'm in a weird spot because I have black children and I'm supposed to and will teach them about their culture and their heritage and where they came from, yet also at the same time teach them that blood doesn't matter and that they're family because they're with us and we take care of them and love them unconditionally, which then goes against like being proud of where you're coming from because where they're come from kind of didn't work out for them, kind of failed them. So how do you balance that of knowing that they need to be proud to be black and completely be acceptable and accepted and loved and unconditionally and know that family is who loves you unconditionally regardless of skin tone and blood or anything else? And then it also puts me in a weird spot because I will never understand the prejudice they get through. Like, even though I'm Mexican, I don't look the typical Mexican. Like, I have characteristics, but my skin is fairly white. So I don't get that prejudice. And I never will. And yet I have to explain to them and teach them about it all, never fully understanding Yet having them gives me more skin in the game, is what someone told me who was black. Is I have more to lose with the system not changing, which is totally true. I have the possibility of losing three kids, especially one. And then all of this just adds into all my insecurities of being a crappy mother anyway. Like, I know I'm not. Logically, I know I'm not. I know even questioning and asking and seeking makes me not a crappy mother. <laughs> like, just being concerned and scared that I'm a crappy mother makes me a better mother. 
But all this feeds into the insecurities of I'm not doing enough. And I'm going to screw it up even more. So I felt like I needed to get grounded and like just figure out what I'm doing, what I'm doing right, what I can do more of, what I can be, you know? And so I called one of my black friends up because she has credibility on this issue, obviously. And even that I felt racist. So I didn't go to my Mexican friends, my white friends or anything about this because they don't have the credibility. So I had to go to my black friends. And then I felt racist going to them because I went to them because of the color of their skin. <laughs> like, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 that one always I struggle with because I feel like although I love my black friends dearly and they love them regardless of their skin color, I need them. I need them so much more now than I ever did before. And that feels wrong to me because I feel like I'm having this alternative motive for being their friend because I need them so badly. Like I need people of color to speak into my children's life because I can't do it. Like there's certain times where it's I just not going to understand and I need them to have good role models, good influences. I need someone to go to so I can ask questions and seek, how do I talk about this? How do I do this? How do I do that? I don't know being a white looking person. So that in itself felt racist. <laughs> but I needed to be grounded. So I called her up and we went on a, on a hike um, outdoors is healthier. We wore our mask. We sat when we sat down. We were six feet away from each other. I didn't hug her, even though I really wanted to. So we were safe. And I just, I mean, I just laid it out for her and asked her, and how do I raise my daughters and my son? And my son's a whole Jackson's a whole another question. So just really, my daughters right now. How do I know? How do I raise them to know that injustices happen, that prejudice will occur because of the color of their skin, yet not be victims of it and not look for it? And for them to strive to give all these people who are wrong in their thinking and will be racist or whatever, give them grace and love because in the end that's what they need to know. This weird, crazy balance of having them be empowered and know without being victimized. And yet they're being, a, they're, yet, they're, yet they are victims in this. So it's like, oh, I hate dichotomies. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it because it's so, so hard. She told me I was a good mother, so the conversation was great. She told me so many things of how, what I'm doing right, you know, and where I could add to it. And, and I do need to do more. Like, that's, I need to do more. But at the same time, I'm so emotionally drained already 
with all the other fights that I feel like I have to fight, it's tiring knowing which battle is the most important. And I feel like it's always going to change that moments is this, that moments is that. Like, And we're still trying to figure out what school Zandy should go to. And yet we're still trying to create change with this conversation of race in the school that we go currently go to. And I have to somehow manage to raise them to be everything else with the dyslexia, with everything. It's a lot. It's a lot for everyone. It's a lot for everyone. And that's what I think I struggle with the most, the most is just not knowing which battle to fight and then feeling guilty for the battles that have to be on the, the back burner. And then there's Jackson. Like everyday life with Jackson is a struggle, trying to make him not an aggressive individual because he's so strong and to be able to handle his emotions and be able to understand and function in this world is a lot. And then I have to add a whole nother layer of, and if you get stopped by the police, this is what you need to do. And if this, you know, like how, what's, he doesn't, he barely understands. I mean, and granted right now, it's not the time. He's cognitively three and a half. You know, I'm trying to teach him to be kind to everyone, including, well, mainly it's our family at the present moment, and we're not seeing anyone else. But how do I go about that conversation? Like, I've literally had conversations with other people who have special needs kids that are also black and adopted. And them, I've gone as far as saying, I've taught my kid to say, I am adopted by white people. Because somehow that changes things. Which is so stupid. It shouldn't change things. And I get so angry that, it ha- like, it changes things. And then I get so... But then I get so like, yeah, that may work though because then I could save my child's life. And then I feel racist for thinking that because that's not helping me change the system. That's just adding to it because it is perpetuating them thinking the same thing when I shouldn't be doing that. But at the same time, I need Jackson to be alive. Like, yeah, I'm so... So I'm so happy that I have a couple more years before I have to really get into those conversations. I was grateful, though, that the principal of his school wrote an email of where they stand and that they're not going to take this injustice for black, indigenous people of color and that they will choose to teach every student at this school to love everyone regardless of skin color, race, ethnicity, identity, all that. So it made me feel safe knowing that Jackson's going to be in a school that that's its purpose. (sighs) This isn't a happy comedy episode. I just felt like something had to be said. 
And yet I don't even know what needs to be said, except my heart aches. And I'm sad that we have to have these conversations still. And yet excited that change is happening. Because when you look at Rosa Parks, it was one incident after a couple. Like Rosa Parks wasn't the first black lady to get arrested for not getting up from the, the, the seat. Like she was the first that got noticed and she was the first that started, that had a community and then people knew and connections like and something happened. But there were ones before her that did the same thing. Just like there were ones before George that lost their life. So I'm excited and I'm praying so hard that change happens. That this is all a catalyst to a giant step in the right direction. To movement in the right direction. And I have my theories on it. We're in the middle of a pandemic. A lot of us are bored because we're not working. <laughs> Can't really go anywhere. There's no entertainment really except TV, which we're tired of by now. We also live in a society now, social media, where people are bringing out their phones and recording it. Will Smith posted something like, this isn't the first that it's happened. It's just now that it's being filmed. Something like that. How this racism always happened. Now it's just being filmed. Which is so true. Like, this always happened. We just didn't have the technology to do it. And now everyone does. And now everyone puts it up. And then it goes viral, which is good for this change, you know? So I feel like people are actually have the time to do something. So there's more people at the protests. So I mean, it's a good time for it to happen, I guess. Even though it should have happened a long time ago. We should have been changing this a long time ago. So I'm praying hard that this actually makes lasting change and deep change in the systems that we have. I feel like we're in revelation sometimes. First a virus, then we had some kind of hornets, like killer bees or hornets or something. And then it's like these riots. Then there's supposed to be hurricanes and earthquakes happening. And it's just like really like... Jesus, take me already. I'm done. I just want to go to heaven and worship you forever. Like, let's just be done with this world. Can Noah come and just wipe everything else off again? Anyways. And I'm not a political person, and I'm not making this political because it isn't about politics. In the end... It's about people being loved and respected. And that's my number one thing to teach these three kids is to love everyone and give them the respect. And regardless of whether or not you agree or disagree with their opinions and beliefs, it doesn't matter or should not change how you treat them. Because there are people that I am really close friends with that I am do not agree with their lifestyle. And it doesn't change 
how I love them. It just doesn't. I really hope my kids learn that from me. To love everyone and treat everyone with respect. Regardless of opinions and beliefs or anything. I don't know what else to say. Except that I think we're all struggling with this. And once again, you're not alone because we're all in this together. I love y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks for riding on the denial bus. But your stop's coming up. You're going to have to get off. Get back to the real world. Life. Don't worry. You got this.